Welcome to Wisdom at the Crossroads. I'm your host, Amanda Onchalenko, and I'm excited to invite you into my studio practice remotely. Together, let's pause the rhythm of the day as we dive into the backstories of an artistic life, my life, exploring lessons learned through creativity and inspiration. So get yourself a beverage and let's settle in for a short while as we reflect on how some of my favourite paintings have evolved and what wisdom I have found at the crossroads where action and presence meet. This episode marks the end of season one and I can hardly believe it. It doesn't feel like an ending as it seems I'm just getting going on this podcasting journey. On any journey, we meet others along the way. I'm especially grateful for your accompaniment listening in. I hope you are connecting to your own stories through my examples. Nothing happens in isolation, and though I might be recording these episodes in the glamorous surroundings on the floor of my closet, made cosier, loaded with sound-absorbing pillows, it is definitely not the curated capsule Barbara Eden inhabited in I Dream of Jeannie in the late 70s. Here in my makeshift beginner recording studio, I've often ended up laughing at myself, getting tangled up in my own words. Sometimes I might have uttered the odd swear word or two, but you'll never know thanks to Andrea. I have not undertaken this adventure entirely alone. I met Andrea McCallum, host of Spirit Crumbs podcast online, and she is doing the heavy lifting, helping me with tech, editing and uploading. Anne Barnes, the host of Raising Inner Warriors podcast, is keeping me accountable. We met in an online course with Kathy Heller. I didn't even know I wanted to do a podcast when I came across her serendipitously, but I did know I wanted to do things a little differently. Last fall, Kathy Heller asked a question that really resonated with me. It inspired this new journey. The question she asked was, where will you be a year from now? In response to that question, I chose to take a risk to share my accented voice as I answered my own questions. If not now, when? And why not me? If we have learned anything in the past few years, it is that life is precious. And like Forrest Gump, we never know what we are going to get when we open up our box of chocolates. Finding mentors and mentoring, learning and teaching, growing and moving forward are some of what I have come to believe this journey called life is all about. The painting I want to share with you today to end off season one goes back to the very beginning of my creative journey. To my 17-year-old self creating my grade 12 major work for the highest school certificate in Australia. Diane Epoff ran the art department at that time and she was young and enthusiastic. She became a mentor and was an amazing inspiration for me. I was on a science trajectory at the time but art history was also a passion that spilled out into the art room where my cohort Sher and I spent days in the storeroom at play with materials, putting together our portfolios for art school admissions. Diane, our art teacher, even drove us to Sydney to tour the grounds of the art school and to deliver our portfolios by hand. She'd also supported us through the creation of our major works that went on to exhibit with Art Express across the state. Both Sher and I went on to art school, which was a major coup for our regional high school on the south coast. Introspection began with a photographic study. I ranged the quadrangle during art class as I learned to use an SLR camera, which is just like a digital SLR camera, but without the digital. 
Here I found students on the way to the bathroom or the principal's office, and I asked them to pause for a minute to take their picture. They were always happy to indulge my request and delay their return back to class, wherever they were headed. Alex Dejonovic was in the grade below mine, but he was a big personality who was naturally happy to participate on his way back from the canteen one morning. Alex is in the foreground at the bottom right. Tim Dodds from my grade was the dark roguish curls. My sister's friend Leonie, the long blonde straight locks. I wanted variety in my subjects in terms of gender, grade and hairstyle. Diversity was not really a thing in the region at the time. From the many portraits I collected, I ended up with this arrangement. My BFF Vicky had been enlisted to take my photo. I disliked having my picture taken even then, just as I do now. In those days we had film and not the luxury of an immediate digital review. That's me going against the grain in small-town coastal Australia, where uniformity was both encouraged and expected. Creativity was a bit of a blip on the radar, but no matter how hard I tried to colour in the lines, it just wasn't how things worked out. My dad built me a fine stretcher frame for this project, and later became known for the lightest, tightest, and most solid stretches on campus. I was excited to stretch my own canvas to begin this painting, which was an exercise in patience and observation. 1982 was at the tail end of the photorealist era, championed by Chuck Close in the US and Geoffrey Smart in Australia. In the paintings of the latter, the freeway that wrapped around the printmaking campus on Cumberland Street, the Carhill Expressway, not far from Circular Quay on Sydney Harbour, featured in several of his paintings. Anonymity reigned in his paintings and in the big city. We had a lot of fun and soon realised art school was a lot different to the painting weekends Sher and I had indulged in in our back room in grade 12. Others would be sneaking off to the bar at night, but we were painstakingly blending ochres and oxides into neutral tans and earthy skin colours late into the night. Red oxide, yellow ochre and burnt umber, combined with black and white in tints and shades. This kept the subjects uniform. Their personalities came through in small ways described by shape, texture or poses. For such a still painting, there was a lot of movement in the composition. There are many lessons I gathered in those long weeks that I continue to use in my current studio practice. The blending, the earthy colours and the figurative photorealism have not been a thing in my work for years. Instead, the remnants of a double major in printmaking seem to have held on. Our art school was spread across two campuses, which meant for a very long walk or a 380 bus ride across the downtown of Sydney from Oxford Street in Paddington on the border of the Red Light District to the printmaking and photography studios on the Cumberland Street campus, where we walked through the reality of Geoffrey Smart's cityscapes with the human element, unedited. Printmaking can be toxic, I soon discovered. In those days, we used oil-based inks and sprayed the screens clean using copious amounts of paint thinner. The process gave me headaches immediately, but I learned to tame the discomfort with a coffee and a cigarette at the break. I also learned to think in layers, to hold one colour at a time in my hand, to use the same colour in multiple areas of a composition and to create darks by mixing complements together. My major work in grade 12 was the first piece to be publicly exhibited. It was exciting and also terrifying. I learned after the fact that my painting had been set up high in the Horden Pavilion, Sydney's iconic concert venue where it had been used as a grading signature against which other entrance works were evaluated. 
This was the only venue large enough to accommodate the creative contributions of an entire state's budding artists. It was also in the same venue that years later I stood mere feet away from Bono during an epic U2 concert and danced on a chair when Bruce Springsteen came to town. All that observational skill and uniformity in my painting, introspection, must have been appreciated then. Spontaneous, it definitely was not. When it came back from exhibition around the state, it had a two-inch tear in the canvas where careless handling had pierced the surface. That taught me to be careful when packing and to be even more careful when handling the work of others. In art school, I had also learned not to stand on the median between four lanes of rush hour traffic with a large canvas when it was windy and that the bus driver of that 380 bus route will let you on the bus with your project but good luck in rush hour. Schlepping was a thing even then. These days I try to restrict my panels to a size that can fit in the back of my car with the seats down. I will no longer rent a truck to transport your commission. The ability to spend hours engrossed in my work is another habit I have held on to. Sometimes it would be better if I could take a look in the mirror before heading out after my painting time. That way I might not be told by the cashew at the third stop on my way home, Oh, there's something green on your face. Oh, um, here. Oh, and there. And there's some on your chin too. Oh, gosh, I am definitely guilty of losing track of time. Having to rush off without taking time to check all my surfaces for wayward paint is something I'm going to work on for the future. This podcasting season has been a lot of things. First and foremost, it's been a healing journey for me. I have learned to do hard things. To share my voice to wrestle technology, and to try to be a mentor myself in some small way for you along your journey, creative or otherwise. Creativity is my companion on the roads less travel that I have always been drawn to. I hope in listening you have gained some insight into my process, as well as my methods of processing, and that these examples might give you food for thought on your own journey. I especially hope you've been able to pause to participate in the meditations. Honestly, I find even typing them out that I feel my body relax and settle and start to tune out. You know how we get those head bobs when we're watching a movie and it's late? In my house, I rarely get to the end of a movie, but I have been able to get myself back on track to finish the meditations. They generally find their way to the page, sometimes even without much input from me. I'm sometimes amazed to find such wisdom at the crossroads where action and presence meet. Season two is evolving. I know it will begin with a painting called Crossroads, and it might take a stroll towards textiles. If you have any questions or requests, please feel free to reach out. I am open to connecting, to collaborating, and I hope to see you back in September. In the meantime, please revisit any of the stories or meditations that have resonated for you, and if you feel inspired, please do welcome a friend or two to listen in as well. Thank you. This past week has been a week of endings and beginnings. Two funerals, an 80th birthday, and a new baby in my sphere. So it feels appropriate that the end of season one is, like the name of this week's painting, introspective. Life gives us moments to contemplate, to gather in community, to celebrate passages and new beginnings. 
This week I found I definitely rediscovered moments of presence in the past. I felt the joy of memory. I laughed and I cried. I paused to reflect. I was reminded to be grateful for all the blessings of my life, for the people I know and those I have known. I have forever been touched by the legacy of a wise friend who shared the parting words of her mother, shared with her just before her mother crossed the Rainbow Bridge. It's like I'm in a beautiful dream, her mother said, and I have never known such a beautiful dream. Wow, eh? In these words I felt comfort and ease. What a beautiful gift and a reminder of the power of our words. I am grateful to have heard them and I share them with you now as an offering of comfort should you find yourself along your own journey needing to hear them. It's like I'm in a beautiful dream and I've never known such a beautiful dream. Amazing. With changes are only constant, I thought today's meditation might be an invitation to be open, to be accepting of the opportunities for transformation and growth around us, that together we might find strength and joy in our own presence, where we are right now, wherever that is. Let's take a cleansing breath or two together to clear any negativity we're holding on to. Three or four breaths usually does it for me. Notice your breathing slow and feel your body relax with this invitation. I have to tell you, we used to do them in the car when my girls were young and rambunctious. In those days, our yoga breaths were animated and expressively exaggerated and usually ended in laughter or asthma or both, but they always cleared the air. In directing the breath, we redirect our focus. Personally, I begin to feel calmer and let go of the lists and obligations or commitments I have on my mind. So let's put the balls we are juggling down for just a short while, together, right now. Begin to settle in with yourself. Find a comfortable spot to sit or recline. Support yourself as necessary, with pillows maybe, or a rolled up towel at the nape of the neck or behind the knees if you are lying down. On the advice of a friend, when I was at a personal crossroads, I took her suggestion to take my grief or grievances to the ocean. Water is my elemental home. I find comfort there in the expanse of water laid out before me. At the time I was in Australia and could physically get to an ocean. In Canada I have access to the lake instead, but the energy similarly refills my reservoir when I need that support, or on any day I'm lucky enough to rest my gaze on the horizon across a large body of water and be at home with myself. So that's where we'll go today. Notice your breath as you begin to relax. Close your eyes to draw a literal blind across the visual and physical distractions around you. Our imagination is powerful. It can take us wherever we want to go. To places we know and love, as well as to places we have only dreamed of. 
Our imagination allows us to access the utopian version of landscape, both physical and fictitious, where the weather is always perfect, to a place where the bugs are not a hindrance and any physical incapacities we may have are resolved. It's a beautiful image, so let's allow ourselves to access the edge of a water body, an ocean, a lake, or a river. Imagine the sun is gently shining and we have no need for sunscreen or a hat. We are comfortable and weightless as we journey along this boundary where one element butts up against another, where the water washes into terra firma. Now imagine yourself walking along sand on a beach or weather-worn rocks alongside a lake or river and notice your breath. Feel your body expand as it inflates with this ionized air at the water's edge. Feel your body. It's as if it is floating effortlessly like a relaxed swimmer, buoyant on the water's surface. Notice the landscape around you. Notice especially the distance to the horizon and the expanse of sky above you. The world here stretches out before you, illustrating the immensity of this beautiful world. Breathe it in. Invite the energetic refreshment inside to cleanse your system, to dilute your troubles, to soften the hard edges of whatever transitions or transformations or changes you are experiencing in your own life right now. Just breathe it in. Breathe in all the energetic support that is available for each and every one of us, wherever we are, whenever we request it. Breathing in, simply imagine yourself walking alongside your chosen water body and breathe. Just breathe. Notice the color of the sky the glint of sunlight on the water's surface. Notice a bird as it quietly coasts effortlessly above you. For me, this bird presents as a majestic bald eagle who shares this place with me. His bold yellow talons and white head and tail glide purposefully across the water and eventually out of view. His presence in the landscape further illustrates the majesty of this place and reiterates my very small part within it. We are supported by this land. We interact with the flora and fauna that similarly exists within it. We accept what we are offered in this moment of refreshment. Up ahead, is a comfortable spot to sit. Your imagination has catered to your needs, so it is the perfect vantage point that accepts and supports your physical body as you take a further moment to rest and to focus on the expanse around you. Bring your attention back to your breath as you rest comfortably alongside this body of water. 
Notice your exhale as it leaves the body. Try to be intentional with this breath and allow any grief or grievance to dissipate with each intentional exhale. Visualize your troubles dissolving into the expanse around you. Imagine your fears carried out on the exhale, rising like smoke rings to the sky, gently expanding and fading, stretching and ascending, until, like the eagle, they are no longer in view. They have turned to mist and neutralized in the energetic gift of the atmosphere that supports you. Maintain your focus as you release, visualizing your body softening as it relaxes its grip on what no longer serves. Invite the universe to accept these troubles by taking them to the light to be repurposed for the highest good of all. Continue with your breathing cycles at your own comfortable pace. Breathing in and breathing out fully and intentionally. When you feel yourself to be relaxed and assured, continue to breathe at your own pace. But now that you have cleared space within yourself, I invite you to notice the sky above you brighten. It's as if the sun is breaking through a layer of cloud after a storm and the beams are clearer and more intense now. Imagine yourself filling with this beautiful light as you breathe in, expanding and inflating effortlessly, becoming buoyant as you breathe in and out with intention. Breathe in fully to accept the ionized energy at the edge of this expansive water body. Feel your rib cage expand to accommodate this refreshing, energetic embrace. Accept it and allow it. I'll invite you now to pay attention to your crown chakra, the energy center at the top of your head. The crown chakra is our conductor at the boundary where the physical meets the energetic or spiritual. Visualize this energy center opening and accepting the radiant energy we have invited into our expanded state. With our continued focused breath flows the energetic medicine we require. Imagine this medicine as a gentle waterfall of glittering white light. This light of the universe is tempered into a dose we can accept. With each breath, what you have asked for, as well as what you didn't know you required, makes its way through the crown chakra and is beginning to fresh your system. As we open ourselves to the potential for support and refreshment, imagine this flow of glittering white light as it moves from the crown chakra to the shoulders then on to the arms and down to the fingertips. Continue with your intentional breaths and visualize the light as it flows through the torso 
and down to the hips. Breathing deeply and purposefully as you allow this loving flow of light to cause down the legs to the calves and to the feet and to the toes. This light gently flows to each area of the body. As it flows, it refills the body buoyantly with ease, with acceptance and with the potential. The light from the beyond has become the light within. You are part of the big picture. A small drop in the ocean, yes, but an intentional drop, refilled now with love and comfort and dreams filled with potential. Feel yourself buoyant in this light and the knowledge you are lovingly supported through any and all physical dilemmas. All is available in love and in light. In love, we are the light. I have loved sharing this meditation with you, but it's time now to return to our physical presence, to bring slow and peaceful movement back into our systems as we remember with gratitude the time we have spent together. Take a deep and intentional breath to signal to your body that this experiential journey is coming to an end. As we conclude this practice and you ready yourself to return to the activities of the rest of your day, know that you are supported. Know that the light of the universe is available to you at all times. Know that the energetic embrace is always available. Please feel free to return to the comfort of this practice as often as you are able. Seek to be light of heart and purposeful in intention. Be well until a new season returns us to each other. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're able to find something that resonated for you as we journeyed through the backstories of art, life and inspiration together. Watch for new episodes to drop weekly on Tuesdays. I'll meet you there with your morning coffee or afternoon tea as we gather in my studio remotely. Unless, of course, you knock on my door or pop into my messages. Find me on Instagram at mandartcanada or on my website www.mandart.ca where you'll find show notes and images of the artworks we discuss on the podcast in the blog. Feel free to bring a friend or reach out with your questions or comments. I would love to hear from you. In the meantime, I would look forward to joining with you again as we seek wisdom at the crossroads where action and presence meet. Take care. Bye now.